Hey, everybody. This is Michael Krause, and you're listening to the AWS Review Podcast. More people than ever are moving to the AWS cloud, but with over 200 services, it can be hard to navigate. In this show, we will simplify that for you by digging into everything you can do with the AWS cloud, providing practical use information, and helping you understand the strategies to apply in achieving your goals. Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy. Hello, and welcome to AWS Review, a weekly look at what's happening at AWS and how it may change how you do business. I am your host, Michael Krause. I am the Chief Technology Officer at Charter Solutions, where we help organizations change and innovate quickly by accelerating their acquisition and use of data. And I'm your co-host, John Affalter. I'm a lead technical architect on the AWS specialist team at Salesforce, where I work with potential customers, helping them envision possibilities that AWS and Salesforce enable. Excellent. Welcome back, John. And today is a day for another update show. Yeah, November. Here we are. And it's just before reInvent. So I have the funny feeling that our December update show might be long and arduous. Yes, I, uh, well, we can only, we can only hope so, I guess. You know? <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Well, let's go ahead. Yeah. Well, I was just going to say, I mean, I, I was looking through some of these uh, November updates and I mean, they seem, I'm surprised they didn't save a lot of these ones. You know, you know how, you know, every once in a while uh, large organizations can uh, maybe wait and wait till the big conferences to release stuff, but there's some definitely some good updates. Yeah, uh, it, Amazon's out. very good at making uh, at releasing changes as they go. Um, I have a uh, um, a Slack channel because I'm an AWS ambassador where I get um, service updates, and I must get eight or nine a day. You know, they're fairly kind of minor, small things. Oh, we now do this. We now do this. They're not the big announcements, but I just, it's like a constant stream that's going past of new releases and changes. Wow. That, that's, uh, that's pretty exciting. So there's, there's even more that we don't even get to see just on, on the blog posts. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, and, and what we're providing today, we've kind of, to be honest, we've cherry picked, we've picked a few of them because this could go on for hours if we didn't. Uh, we're trying to grab things that are interesting, things that are significant, uh, things that might change how how you think about things. So these are these are kind of our curation of interesting uh, interesting updates. Yeah, and uh, you know, I I definitely have a lot of those revelations, even you know, as we're going through different updates and and seeing how you know not just how that they're a big update in terms of just you know, whatever feature that or whatever feature or tool that is pertaining to, but how it actually impacts a entire enterprise level strategy, potentially, you know, so I think it's pretty powerful stuff. That's awesome. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's dive in. So as we mentioned, today is our monthly update show for November 2022. So we'll be taking a look at some uh, interesting recent changes in AWS services and discuss how they impact your business. And as always, uh, go out and check out the AWS News blog for more detail on these items or any other uh, releases that they have. John? Yeah, so AWS, the first uh, update here, AWS Blue Crawlers supports incremental 
uh, Amazon S3 crawling on existing AWS Loop catalog tables. So now it also includes crawlers that are based on Amazon S3 event notifications. Um, so it makes it a lot easier to scan that data set and look at things that are just based on uh, events in S3. So, you know, kind of being able to add some more observability in the way that you're you're doing your uh, analysis of your logs as well. Um, also, it lets you extract the data schema um, and automatically populate the AWS uh, Glue catalog, which keeps that metadata current. So you're crawling data sets that might not have actually been created by uh, AWS Glue. So extending that support into um, you know, any other tool that you might be utilizing inside your data pipeline uh, so really being able to bring in that capability right from the glue crawler. And uh, I believe, you know, we're going to have some other updates uh, within glue and, uh, you know, kind of how that how some of these updates are all coming together to really help your data pipeline overall and, and make Amazon your your kind of your central hub, even if you're utilizing other MDM tools. So excellent. Cool. Excellent. Uh, the next item. Uh, the AWS transfer family now supports post-upload processing of partially uploaded files using managed workflows. So this offers customers even more control in defining and executing file processing steps for both complete and incomplete file uploads. Uh, with this ability, you can now configure workflows to trigger processing of files that are only partially received, for instance, in the event of a premature session disconnect, and it provides you more control on how to handle incomplete files. For example, customers can now specify a custom workflow step that triggers when files are only partially received to automatically notify the user to retry sending the files or to move incomplete files to a separate folder for troubleshooting. And AWS Glue uh, introduces Git integration. So um, now instead of having to, uh, you know, be, have to utilize Git in a way where you're just using it locally. You can now have all of your glue jobs and um, your glue process be in part of your CI/CD pipeline process. So really being able to bring together the data engineering and the software engineering teams um, where that used to be a lot of siloed activity from at least what, what from I've seen in the past. So um, being able to uh, use both GitHub and AWS code commit to maintain a history of their changes to the AWS glue jobs, and then also being able to implement that in the existing DevOps practice. Excellent. So uh, Amazon SNS now has data protection and masking. So after a quick public review, uh, this cool feature is now generally available. Uh, it uses pattern matching, machine learning models, and content policies to help protect data at scale. You can find many different kinds of uh, personally identifiable information, PII, and protect uh, per protected health information, PHI, in message bodies and either block message delivery or mask slash de-identify the sensitive data, all in real time on a per-topic basis. So now we've got more protection for PII and PHI in messages being sent via Amazon SNS. Great. And there's also another Amazon Bracket processor. So AWS's quantum computing service now 
uh, supports Aquila, a new 256 qubit quantum computer um, from, I don't know if I pronounce this right, from Q-Era. Uh, that is based on programmable array of neutral rubidium atoms. Um, so according to what's new, Aquila now supports analog hematonial Hamiltonian uh, simulation paradigm, allowing it to solve static and dynamic properties of quantum systems composed of many interacting particles. So quantum, it's uh, it's coming. So, you know, yeah, I was going to say, you know, there's the practical applications for quantum stuff is is in, in the very, very early stages. But it's interesting enough that, uh, you know, I thought it was worthwhile to include in here because I'm just imagining the day when our ML processing and ML training is happening on quantum processors. Could you just imagine what that would be like? You know, I, uh, you, you know, it's kind of like the old double-edged sword, right? Is like all those processes, but all those, uh, all that uh, encryption cracking capability, that's... Uh, that's the one thing, right? Is yeah, there is that? Yeah, to be, you know, you right know, side the dark side, right? I love it. I'm I'm futurist, but somebody taught me long ago to always be skeptical of uh, of quantum computing and how quickly it's going to get here. So, yes, I can see that. <laughs> All right, uh, Amazon S3 on outposts for people who are using Amazon outposts. This service now lets you use additional S3 lifecycle rules to optimize capacity management. So just like on, uh, on on the cloud version, you can expire objects as they age or are replaced with newer versions and with control at the bucket level or for subsets defined by key prefixes, object ta tags, or object sizes. So more a uh, AWS S3 lifecycle rules available on Outposts. Nice. And uh, AWS uh, CloudFormation, so they actually had two big updates. So... First one is support of Amazon RDS in multi-AZ deployments with two readable standbys and uh, also better access to detailed information on failed stack instances for operations on the CloudFormation stack sets. So that's a good thing, especially when you're stacking up a, a lot of different stack sets. Uh, I could assume that, that that'd be a tough thing to try to go down the rabbit hole and try to debug. So yep, absolutely. All right. Uh, so for people who may be using Amazon Memory DB for Redis, which is a highly durable in-memory Redis uh, implementation, you can now use data tiering as a lower cost way to scale your clusters up to hundreds of terabytes of capacity. So this new option uses a combination of instance memory and SSD storage in each cluster node with all data stored durably in a multi-AZ transaction log. And uh, Amazon TextTract updates. So I, I hear a lot about Amazon TextTract. Um, so this is it's definitely a great update. So it extracts text, handwriting, and data from any document or image. So this past week, they updated the analyze idea function. So now you can extract the machine readable zone on passports issued by the United States. And they also added an entire OCR output uh, to the API response. So they've updated a lot of their machine learning models that power or that power the analyze document function uh, with a focus on single character bo box forms commonly found on tax and immigration documents. So now uh, they can update the analyze expense function 
uh, with support for the new fields and a lot higher accuracy for existing fields, bringing the total field count to uh, more than 40. Wow. Very nice. Amazon SageMaker Multi-Model Endpoint, or MME, now supports GPU instances. Uh, for people who may not be familiar, MME is a managed capability of SageMaker Inference that lets you deploy thousands of models on a single endpoint. MMEs can now can run multiple models on a GPU core, share GPU instances behind an endpoint across multiple models, and dynamically load and unload models based on incoming traffic. And this can help you reduce cost and achieve better price performance. Wow, there's a there's a lot of uh, machine learning engineering managers and teams that probably are, are not too happy about that update. But it's uh, <laughs> is I think that is a huge update uh, just in the manageability of a very large machine learning environment. So I agree. Um, Amazon EC2 now lets you replace the root Amazon EBS volume. Uh, for running an instance. So you can now use the replace root volume for patching features in Amazon EC2 to replace your instance root volume uh, using an updated AMI without needing to stop the instance. So uh, makes the patching of the guest operating system and all the applications there easier uh, while also retraining the instance store uh, networking and all the IAM configurations. So um, you know, a lot of things just keep moving as you're going there. So good update. Yeah, this sounds a little bit like the, the old adage of uh, changing the tires while the school bus is running down the road. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like you can swap out your operating system without taking your system down. <laughs> yeah, but well, that's why we got those two tires on the back, right? It's just exactly. one goes up. <laughs> this is that's actually a very uh, very impressive. Be interesting. I'm, I'm always uh, amazed at how people find interesting uses for these things. It seems like a fairly straightforward. They talk about patching. Somebody's going to find, you know, five other different things that they could use this for to do some really cool stuff on Amazon. So mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to that. Yep. AWS. Oh, go ahead, John. Oh, no, I was going to say, I mean, it's just, you can keep, keep the, the lights on as you're changing everything down all the way to the operating system, even off AWS. So, yep. All right. AWS fault injection simulator now supports network connectivity disruption. So AWS Fault, in AWS Fault Injection Simulator, we'll abbreviate it FIS, is a managed service for running controlled fault injection experiments on AWS. Uh, so if, you're, if, if, if you don't know what that means, go Google chaos engineering and chaos testing. You'll get a, a good, uh, a lot of information on what this is. So anyway, AWS FIS now has a new action type to disrupt network connectivity and validate that your applications are resilient to a total or partial loss of connectivity. So in other words, if you have a distributed application, this can simu simulate network disconnects within that, uh, um, within that network. Uh, so you can see how your application can recover. I, I still remember going to my first chaos conference. Uh, it was put on by Gremlin, I think, at Target. So that was years and years ago at this point. But that's that's right when chaos testing was was just getting going. So yep. it's interesting to see how it went from you know kind of that that open source world that you know everyone over there in Target likes to live in because you know. It's Target. So I think that it's great. Uh, they always see stuff kind of coming down the, the yep. pipeline. So it's uh, it's cool to see it on a, on a mainstream level because definitely, 
definitely something needed for distributed systems. Um, so Amazon SageMaker uh, automatic model tuning now supports grid search. Uh, this one was surprising to me. I, for some reason, maybe I'm just so used to, to having that be kind of built into your code is, is doing grid search. But, um, you know, that it, just another thing that makes life easier, less code that you're going to have to do. So you can now choose between uh, going through your grid search uh, and choosing between random, Bayesian, and uh, hyperband search strategies. So it lets you cover every possible combination of the specified hyperparameter values for the use case uh, that you're looking at. So um, when you're really trying to create a lot of rep reproducible training results. So. All right. Uh, there's a new AWS Parameters and Secrets Lambda extension. So this is a new uh, extension for AWS Lambda developers to retrieve parameters and AWS Systems Manager parameters for, I'm sorry, parameters from AWS Systems Manager parameter store and secrets from AWS Secrets Manager. Lambda function developers can leverage this extension to improve their application performance as it decreases the latency and cost of retrieving parameters and secrets. Previously, you had to initialize either the core library of a service or the entire service SDK inside a Lambda function for retrieving secrets and parameters. Now you can simply use the extension. Uh, I feel like I'm going to use this coming up here pretty soon. I feel like that was something that that was a problem that uh, I was trying to solve. So I'm glad that AWS came out with this update here. And it's pretty common to use things in Secrets Manager and, and Parameter Store in your Lambdas. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, yeah, so up to 10 times uh, improving on the Amazon Aurora snapshot ex exporting speed. So uh, Amazon Aurora MySQL compatible edition uh, for MySQL uh, 5.7 and 8.0 now speed up to 10 times faster when you're doing a snapshot export to X S3. So. Um, an improvement is automatically applied to all types of the database snapshot exports, including manual, automated system snapshots, and snapshots created by the AWS backup service as well. Oh, so you don't even have to go in there and, and change it all yourself. So. <laughs> exactly. Uh, a three times increase in RDS read capacity. So Amazon Relational Database Service, or RDS, for MySQL, MariaDB, and PostgreSQL now support 15 read replicas per instance, including up to five cross-region read replicas, delivering up to three times the previous read capacity. Okay, well, you know, it's funny when we, we just rattle off these updates. It's <laughs> That's a three-time increase. <laughs> that's incredibly... Well, I, was, I was focusing in on the five cross-region read replicas. Yeah, that's... Like, <laughs> golly... I mean, we. I remember when cross region used to. It sounded like you're, you know, you're crossing the chasm to another world there. But now yeah. it's, you know, it's oh, it's three times faster, and it's up to five, five uh, cross region read replicas at once. So, no big deal. No big but, deal. Uh, anyways, um, so the next one, uh, two, you know, double uh, increasing speed on the AWS Snowball Edge compute capacity. Um, so uh, Snowball Edge Compute Optimized Device doubled uh, the compute capacity up to 104 vCPUs. So doubled that up or doubled the memory capacity as well to 416 gigs of RAM and now uh, fully SSD and 28 terabytes of uh, NVMe storage. So um, 
This wow, is, only 28 terabytes? Oh, that's, uh, yeah. I mean, just not <laughs> a small, small uh, you know, Midwest city by any means or anything like that. But it's just 28 terabytes. Just in a little device uh, that you can bring uh, just about anywhere. That's pretty incredible. Um, so... The updated device is ideal when you need uh, dense compute resources to run complex workloads such as machine learning, uh, inference, or video analytics at the rugged mobile edge, such as trucks, aircrafts, or ships. So, you know, tons and tons of use cases uh, that are going to come from this. Um, yep. And probably just, you know, a lot of things that are just going to be implemented in our lives and you know it's gonna we won't even notice all, all of the smart city stuff and all of the things that uh you know there really is a huge digital transformation going on right now it's pretty incredible yep absolutely so for users of amazon sqs uh you probably know that amazon sqs has two variations of the queues a standard queue and a fifo queue or first in first out so amazon um Simple Queue Service SQS has now announced the increase of the default quota uh, up to 6,000 transactions per second per API action for SQS FIFO queues. This is double the previous 3,000 throughput quota for a high throughput mode for FIFO, first in, first out, queues in all AWS regions where Amazon SQS FIFO queues are available. You know, I, I feel like this was... The, you know, and you kind of alluded to it before we started, but this used to be um, kind of a, a stopper, I guess, with with FIFO at least. And uh, so it's interesting to see them take more of a focus on on SQS. Uh, I don't think SQS is ever really going to go away. So I, I, I'm glad to see a lot of the focus on some of those pointed use cases there. Yeah. Yeah. There were, you know, what I've seen in the past is, is organizations who had a strict FIFO need, mm -hmm. really high volumes ended up going away from SQS and going to either Amazon Kinesis or managed Kafka. Yeah, uh, but this increases the use of uh, 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 the usability of SQS for that type of work. And SQS, you know, to be honest, it's bread and butter. It's it's pretty mm -hmm. simple to use. It's pretty straightforward. It works and it works well. Yeah, you know, you know, that could have been a good, good it could have been a business uh, choice in the past. And now maybe just it, it's the usability kind of coming to the top. So exactly. It's great update. All right. Well, everybody who's listening in today, thank you very much. This is all we've got for you today. Um, we hope you've learned something new. Uh, we look forward to sharing more next month after reInvent. Hopefully there'll be some pretty big announcements. Uh, if you liked what you've heard, please subscribe to our channel on YouTube or uh, you know, download our uh, podcast and join us next time for more fun and interesting topics. Thank you all. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the AWS Review Podcast. If you are not currently a subscriber, I strongly recommend it. It's free, and you'll get notified when new episodes come out. AWS Review is also available in video format. You can check it out at www.michaelkrause.com slash AWS Review. That's www.michaelkrouze dot com slash AWS dash review. Until next time, continue being curious.